Hey, Danny. Hey, Colin. How's it going? Pretty good. What'd you have for breakfast today? I had chocolate chip cookies for breakfast. Oh, man. Living the I dream. Just saw those, I just saw those on your Instagram account. Looks like, I mean, a few dozen there. Yeah. Uh, Did any of at, them survive till now or no? At, at least two plates, yeah. I, I probably had maybe four or five for breakfast, but um, <laughs> I, I made the cookies for an event later this week, or this oh. week, a little later today. So I'm, I have some chocolate chip cookies from the store, and my problem is if they're there, I'm going to eat them all. Like, I don't have one cookie. You know what I mean? Like, I can't have one. Like, oh, let's go, let's go in the kitchen and have a cookie. That's not, it's just not something that is in my makeup to be able to do. Yeah, I, I've been pretty closely um, adhering to the ketogenic diet, which is very, very low sugar, um, oh. moderate protein and high fat diet. <laughs> so is that why you're having and uh, cookies for breakfast? And, and so I, I usually, like, I don't have anything with sugar in my house, but I'm doing yeah. this, this event later today, so I decided to make cookies. And that's the the only reason, you know, I'm kind of the same way as you, that I, you know, I'll just eat them all. You have a box of cookies, they're all gone. Bag of candy, it's it's gone. Um, and so I, I just I just don't keep that stuff in my house. Yeah. So the, the other night, um, you and I had a little Twitter tweet. Uh, we tweeted each other. And I'm not sure, to be honest with you, I'm not sure if it started with a tweet that you had sent or if you were replying to a tweet that I had sent. I actually don't remember that. Do you? Um, I, I I think you were talking about Twitter being acquired or, um, wait, you know, yeah. I, I, th- I think everybody was talking Somehow about... Somehow we ended up on Tesla, though, right? Um... Oh, it, it's, it's, it's because uh, Tesla has been in, in the uh, financial news, and I, I follow a bunch of mm. financial news people on on uh, Twitter. And, yeah. um, you know, I also follow uh, Elon's other company, SpaceX, quite closely. Mm-hmm. And um, because of everything that they're very – according to the news, they're very, very intertwined because he is – running yeah. both companies. And so, yeah. you know, when, when something goes wrong at SpaceX or if something goes wrong at Tesla, there's, there's this, uh, worry about, oh, well, how, how is, uh, Elon going to manage this? And, um, you know, he gave a big presentation, I think on the 27th, about a week ago and talking about, you know, colonization of Mars, but really just Are you on that focusing list? on one, um, one thing. No, I'm. Are you on that list? I'm, a, I'm no. a permanent resident of Earth. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe maybe Danny's on that list. I mean, you. For all I know, you could be from there. Oh no. Instead no. of actually, like, like a lot of people are thinking, like, oh, maybe I'll end up there. But there's some people that you wonder, you know, whether or not they started off, <laughs> and they're, you know, they're visiting here more than anything. <laughs> I I follow the I follow SpaceX and stuff too, so maybe we can. Make make a uh, have a discussion about that sometime. But um, yeah, so I guess like the the main worry like on the Tesla side is um, 
on the from from the financial people in that um, Elon has said that you know at some point he's going to step back from Tesla and yeah. um, it'll probably be after the launch of the Model Three um, at some point and say you know he'll still be chairman of the board or whatever but everybody else is going to be doing day to day stuff and the majority of his focus will be on SpaceX um, yeah. and that's what he said previously and in his presentation he said that um, okay I have this goal and it's going to roughly cost about $10 billion, and okay, how do we get from here where we are now, which is launching satellites and basically going very, very slow, and we'll mm-hmm. be able to send, you know, unmanned rockets every two years, and, you know, maybe someday send manned rockets um, mm-hmm. and spaceships to to Mars, but, you know, we have this plan, but it's going to cost $10 billion, and you know, how do we come up with this, this money to... You know, aggressively aren't aren't some of their their contracts though like some of their contracts are in the billions are they um they they have for their existing contracts and stuff yeah um but you know obviously that's that the revenue side not the you know profit that they can put into going right. going to sure. mars and whatnot um, right and you know part of their you know okay we have contracts with nasa contracts with other companies launching satellites to to fund this, um, you know, regular Mars transportation system as part of a larger Mars ecosystem of, you know, everything that he envisions. Um, and part of that was, well, okay, you know, if push comes to shove, I can, you know, sell some of my Tesla stock and, you know, use, use my own personal fortune to, you know, fund this forward. And so that that's kind of what inspired my my tweets about Tesla and yeah. know, merging with Ford and whatnot. Yeah. So so let's talk a little bit about where we think the artificial intelligence is right now. Um, we have, I think I saw a tweet maybe it was last night where Elon said that the number of hours of automated driving so far out there in the public is two hundred twenty million hours, um, which uh, it sounds like a lot. It's not. It is. It is. Yeah, but yeah, it doesn't seem like a lot. It, it seems like a lot in the sense that, like, wow, there, you know, anything that's two hundred and some million sounds like a lot. But in the grand scheme of like how many situations that is, um, you know, I don't know what kind of data they get back and things like that. That might be a nice little area for research, but um, that. 220 million hours is only so many situations. You know, we we know that there was a death this year with that guy that was coming onto the highway and it was it merged underneath the tractor trailer and the sunlight was there and all that stuff. That to me, you know, obviously very unfortunate that it happened, but um, is just one situation that a driver deals with. You know, and when you look at the the countless thousands of situations that you might be able to write down on a notepad that you might face just going to the grocery store, you know, um, uh, making a left, uh, at least here in the U S you know, making a left onto a highway, um, or, uh, stopping at a four way light or stopping at a red blinker. Like here, here where I live in the rural United States, um, you know, we have some of these intersections that are one way is a red blinker and one way is a yellow blinker. 
so that you have some people that sort of are supposed to, and they don't usually, but supposed to slow down coming to that intersection, and then you have the other the other direction, which is to completely stop, and and um, it's kind of like first come first serve that you know that way. So you so just think about it, right right there is tons of situations. So two hundred twenty million miles, you know, out of that, how many situations have there been? And so that's how much they can learn, you know. And so that's just Tesla. Obviously, Google has uh, millions of miles logged, and um, uh, you know, I know that there's you know, Volvo has something going on, BMW has something going on as far as automated stuff. I know that there's other companies as well too. There's count, probably countless number of companies. So, where are we right now? You know, um, I saw a video yesterday. I was watching. I don't know if you subscribed anyway on YouTube, but I was watching Casey Neistat's video. Um, he's a vlogger on YouTube, yes. but he. The other day, uh, he hopped into his friend's Tesla, and um, you know it, it, it was driving while they were chatting in the car, and, and his friend was literally turned and looking at him while the car was driving down the road. And I gotta say, you know, not I wasn't even in the car; and it was eerie to me to see someone barreling down the highway, not looking at the road. And even Casey made, made kind of made like fun of it because he put his hand over his friend's eyes. <laughs> like while he was driving. So like, I don't know, it was just weird. So we're obviously at a point where people could do that, you know, but it's not 100% yet. Um, so where do you think Tesla lines up in the, as far as competing in that area, as far as, you know, how complete their package is at the moment and how aggressively are they updating and things like that? Um, I, I think Tesla is probably, you know, among the leaders of the pack. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, primarily because they are aggressively pushing their technology for that. Um, and as far as I can tell, and, and what I've seen is like their, their entire fleet is, you know, has this, you know, you know, it's gathering the data for them to learn from and, mm-hmm. and you know, update their system, whether they're using direct machine learning or not, but, um, it's, and and I think I think everybody is at that. Well, not not everybody. The, the leaders of the pack are at the level three um, in terms of like where the Department of Transportation says, okay, where where you have to have its their classification is limited self driving automation. Um, mm-hmm. And and I feel like the the people at the top are, are more like three point two or three point five. Um, yeah. But the the gap between level three and level four is huge because, because oh, yeah. of all those situations, like you, like you're saying. Um, and, you know, like the, the Unfortunately, like something bad has to happen, you know? How, how primitive, um, you know, the systems are in, um, you know, just basically like detecting, and I don't know, like the, the recent update from, from Tesla's systems and whatnot, I'm saying, well, you know, there's like objects in the road and detecting... Mm-hmm. What exactly is that, and should we stop? Like, you, you'd think right. that that would be like one of the first things you learn how to do, but they're they're you know they're already at like level three and some, and they're still working on that. So, well, I um, remember I think it was probably it was probably a year ago already or more where they had uh, there was an interview with someone that was working on this um, uh, self driving, you know, and um, one of the things that they said they're having the hardest time with and there was probably a better word than this no it's not altruism 
but there's a word like that. It's kind of like ethics, you know, um, but there's there's a word for it. I don't know it, but essentially, here's a scenario, you know, um, the 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 car is driving down the road and something happens that makes it so that the car needs to make a choice about whether or not it slams into the back of an object on its left or runs or swerves and runs into people on the right. And they said that there's these situations that, that a human being will make a decision in an instant um, to maybe I'll, I'll go to the right and hit this one person as opposed to going to the left and running through a crowd of people, as an example. Right. Or I'll go to the left and hit this person and not swerve to the right into the baby carriage. And so there's these these decisions. And the person, obviously, a person could make the wrong one. Um, they could, on accident, turn into the baby carriage and wish later on that they had turned the other way. Of course, a human being can make a mistake. But it's about these you know, ethical decisions yeah. that a machine, you know, cannot, not necessarily can't make that decision. I mean, obviously, you could detect that it's a baby carriage and maybe says, okay, I'm going to avoid all baby carriages. Or you can make a thing that automatically would see the percentage of baby carriage <laughs> or whatever. You know, like, it's 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 an insane thing to think about if, you know, yeah, especially, people, as, you know. People have to, like, program Mm-hmm. those ethical decisions and say, okay, um, you know, yep. in, in at least United States or let's say LA traffic, we, we want to, to run over people instead of babies. Like, yeah. Um, one of, one of the things that, uh, you know, is very interesting to me in, I would say like the AI and self-driving landscape is kind of like the black box machine learning systems, um, mm-hmm. that, uh, I, don't know, I, just, I watched a video from, I don't know if it was from him, but it was about it, but uh, Geohots, George Holtz is his actual name, but something like that. But he was the guy who, who hacked or did the, the bootloader for the iPhone and the PlayStation 3 okay. and all that. Um, mm-hmm. And he put together a, you know, machine learning self-driving car setup and just went out on the road and like went for it and you know put up his his setup on on github and said hey you know like we did this we have like six hours of a video and it's already really good and like that's very very encouraging from a like okay if this guy can you know in you know a year or less than a year get to where he is now and Mm -hmm. And then just say, okay, I'm open sourcing this. You know, everybody, you know, hire me because right. because I was able to get this far on my own, kind of thing. Um, yeah, I think I came across that. I don't know. If, I'm not sure if it was the same guy. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there in the garages right now working on AI too um, for self driving. You know, um, they'd be very smart to do that because you know having that under your belt is just like any other skill. I think. But I think that your point that you made earlier though is is really important. Getting from, like, let's say that I took my car that I have right now, and I, I'm i a programmer, so let's say that I wanted to make it uh, drive itself. I bet you within a few months, 
I could have my car driving to the grocery store. Um, hitting everything on the way, maybe. But <laughs> but I think you get my point. My point is that as someone that knows how to program, um, if I had some of the even with the tools I currently have, I mean it's amazing some of the stuff we have. I mean I you know you take like an iPhone and you and you point it out the windshield and maybe a couple of other sensors that are probably in my house right now, if I wanted to tear everything apart and figure out what sensors are where, uh, a few cameras, a few proximity sensors, and a laptop in sitting in the back seat um, could probably get you, you know, a fairly good part of the way there. And that's why, you know, you see a guy like this who can, in a very, yeah, this is exact, exactly the same guy I think I saw. Um, and so within a short period of time, someone that in their garage could get their car to, you know, drive down the highway. Um, but it's this last, it's always like what they say is like the last mile. You know what I mean? It's like running a marathon or something. It's this last mile of getting between um, can and can do it like with a margin of error. Yeah, a margin of error that is so low that they're not going to be running with pitchforks and asking that there's no more automated car. Because here's the difference. We all know this. Uh, it, you know, um, there are people that hate self-driving cars and there's people that, uh, would prefer that they didn't exist um, or that they would prefer themselves to own their own cars and drive them because that's what they prefer. So let's remove all those things. But no one would, no one that knows the technology would ever argue that if it was ever made very well, that if every car was automated, that the number of deaths and accidents would go down like just phenomenally, right? Because machines don't fall asleep and uh, you know, all those other things that, that we know that happen. Mistakes are made by human beings far more than a machine would. Um, there would still be accidents, and there would still be uh, software failures, and there would still be hardware failures, and there would still be uh, these edge cases that, that, you know, the sun comes in a certain way, and there's a 50-mile-an-hour wind from the left and something else, and who knows what. Uh, there's still going to be those things. However, we know for a fact that, like, man, I'll tell you what, we'd probably go a whole year without anybody dying if every single car was automated and the, the the difference between getting your car to just drive down the road as a programmer and getting to that is like, you know, like you said, it's billions of dollars. And so let's, so let's, let's go to this topic here about like, okay, we see where the, where the landscape is right now where, where we've, we've got hundreds of mi- millions of miles logged. Uh, lots of learning is happening as we speak since we've been talking for the last 15 minutes, they've made pro progress. <laughs> um, so, does what's Tesla's secret sauce here? Does you mentioned that you thought that for Tesla to be able to compete, that they needed to merge with Ford um, or someone uh, that has that kind of you know uh, dollars? Um, and I think that Tesla's secret sauce is not going to be in the self-driving car. Um, I think that there. I think every car is going to be self-driving, and I think that there's going to be better and there's going to be good and better systems. Um, but I don't think Tesla's. Even if it is the best, I don't think people are only going to buy a Tesla because it drives well by itself. So, w- why do you think that they need to merge in order to compete with anybody else? Um, I, I think that uh, the. I say like why why buy a Tesla. Mm-hmm. Um, will like the, the reasons people buy a Tesla right now, whether it's like, okay, I want an electric car. I want a very cool yeah. looking car. 
or some yeah. com- some combination between the two, and and you ha- you have a little bit more money um, than than you would buy uh, conventionally. You know, they're they're, they're priced accordingly um, to, yeah. to on the cool and electric spectrum. Right. And I, I feel you like you think that's going to go away. I, I think that um, as people move in, like I didn't say, like the third part of it. Okay, well, why am I buying a Tesla? Well, because they have this this future automated. You know, maybe my car will be able to drive itself well enough or good enough for me to say, okay, I'm not going to, you know, my car is not going to explode or kill anybody or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's that third part. And I think, um, like, the like the electric and the coolness factor um, will be less than the automated factor. And I think when GM and... Yeah, when everybody's car that has the option by default and will be the default is a self-driving car, yeah, um, you'll say, okay, well, you know, do I want a self-driving car or maybe it's not even in like, I, I think that most people won't own a car. Most people will, will like timeshare it or, you know, they'll, the rent, you know, like, like Uber, but it'll be, um, yeah. you know, I, I, you know, you'll only own a car if you actually want to drive, and you know your 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 options for like the cool and the um, the the electric will be well. Okay, in in which category do I do I want, and from who do I want to buy? Um, and Tesla is only yeah, one, I, one I, of those things. I, I yeah, think I get I get what you're saying. I think that the same could be said for like with Apple and the brand that they have is that their brand carries them only so far, and so. As an example, if I was to go out there and I just said I want to buy a phone um, and I needed to have the best features, I would say that maybe Apple sometimes is not the answer, right? So as an example, until just recently, the iPhone wasn't waterproof, you know, uh, or rainproof or whatever. And so for a while, if if you were a water sports person (laughs) – or whatever that needed to have their phone with them and didn't want to have it in a case and you know all these different things. There was no choice; you had to buy something else. But that you had to buy a Samsung or something. But um, Apple's brand carries them so far that people will say, "Well, you know what? I'll be okay without having a waterproof phone because I really want to have this gold uh, or rose gold Apple phone, and everybody else will think I'm cool because I have that one, or I'll be able to use you know my favorite apps." So. With Tesla and their brand right now, if I was driving down the road at Tesla right now, there's going to be some turning heads uh, because their brand is like, well, you know that guy dropped a hundred grand, number right. one, uh, or something. You know that's one thing. Um, but the other thing is, right now, it's like the coolest car you could probably. It's probably very easy to say that right now, if you're our age or or younger, which you're younger than me, but the that if somebody was driving on the road, that somebody's going to think it's cool. There's no doubt about it. So that's only going to carry them so far. I get that. But the um, fact that they, the fact that they are electric, the fact that they have one of one, if not the best electric systems, like it's probably the best electric it, system by, by arguably, miles. Arguably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the fact that they have that quick switchable battery that you, and then, then they have the, the superpower network that goes everywhere and that you can, you can charge up. Um, all of these things, uh, and even just before they did the, the self-driving stuff, they had the thing where you could like at least come out of your driveway or your, your garage and stuff. 
they have to continue to do that. So they have to continue to differentiate themselves from just an, quote, electric car by, number one, being the best electric car, and number two, having all these cool whiz-bang. Like, one of the other features I could say is they've got, like, a 15-inch iPad right in the middle of your car that you use to do stuff with. You know, I mean, that's, like, they're super cool. There's no doubt about it. Um, I just don't think that, let's say, let's say they get to the point where the car can literally drive itself. Like, so let's say that's the zero point, right? A Ford can do it. Um, even to the point where they can go in a parking garage, which they, which we know that right now is one of the hardest things. Is like, yeah. Um, once you lose like Google Maps and all that other stuff, like what where does the car go once it goes off road? But imagine if it could do everything. Imagine if it could drive across a river if it had to, like by itself. Um, if that was zero, if zero was you like it doesn't even have a steering wheel. If that's where we're at, you know, let's fast forward fifty years. There's no steering wheel in the stupid thing. Um, I just don't think that it matters for Tesla to be that. I think that they should continue to modify human transport. I think they're one of the only companies in the whole world that could say, we started rethinking the car with the motor, um, and now you don't have to drive it. And the next thing is, it doesn't have to use the road anymore. And at some point, that could happen. You know what I mean? Like they could do things that no one else could do. So I think that if they ever did merge with a brand, um, you kind of hit the nail on the head when you said that it could be like a, a reverse. <laughs> it's like thing. It's like literally like, Hey, will you buy me so that I can own you? Which sounds really odd, but that's what the way that Pixar worked is where Pixar was worth probably more than Disney in that transaction. And yet, Disney bought Pixar, but Pixar became the company. Like, it's insane, but that's that's the, how yeah, that and, works. And you it's, know? Um, like, huge, I mean, partly, you know, genius of Steve Jobs in that you mm-hmm. know, he became the largest shareholder of Disney and all of that and was able yeah. to, you know, that's why it, that's why it was able to happen. But right. um, I, I think the other shareholders recognized that, like, their brand was much, much less in terms of animation in that the oh yeah the CG and everything, they realize that's the future and we want to own the future. And right. and these people know what they're doing and they're doing a much, much better job. Let's have them run the show. And we know how to run theme parks, we know how to merchandise, we know how to do all this stuff. Yeah. Let's let's have here, them run so here, the So let's so continue that thread. If if Disney was Ford and Pixar was Tesla, um, and Ford wants to own the future. Pixar needed Disney because it was already using them, number one. It was already using them for yeah. distribution. Yeah. Um, so Pixar needed Disney for distribution, not to mention the merchandising and theme parks and all the other things that you already mentioned. Tesla does not need Ford. I can't think of a single thing that, that Ford would give it besides cash because um, I think that Tesla is months, if not a few years away from being better at manufacturing than all of them put together. Um, meaning that they, I think the way that Elon describes it is like the number of feet per second in a manufacturing process. So like if, let's say it takes 100 feet to make a car, if right now they're only doing uh, one foot a minute, then it takes 100 minutes to make a car, which I know it's more than that, but you right, know, or right, whatever right. it is right now, but, but that's the analogy. If they can get the f- every foot to be 30 seconds, like, you know, half it, that means they could build it in 50 minutes, you know, less than an hour. So he's at the he said I forget what he said that they were at right now. They I just saw an interview with uh, 
Altman from from Y Combinator, if, if that's his last name, I can't remember right now, but um, essentially saying that the their, their manufacturing process is at X and they want to get to Y, which was like ridiculous. So they could be better at manufacturing, not just the batteries, which I think they're going to get very good at, but manufacturing cars. Like he said, the machines that build the machine are far more valuable than the cars. Yeah, um, I, I think I think the like where Tesla will need Ford is the just the raw number of the hours. And you know, we were talking about this. You know, whether it's, it's two hundred mm-hmm. million, you know, driving hours. Um, yeah, and and when, I can see that when, when you bring in other manufacturers, you know, and I think. GM just acquired or finished acquiring because there was that whole nasty lawsuit stuff going on. Yeah. But you know they acquired a self-driving um, outfit, and I think that yeah. when you have somebody that just has the raw numbers of okay, we're going to put you know yeah. even just the you know cameras to do self-driving in the future on every single one of our cars, you know okay, well that gives them you know next year all the 2017s have cameras that they can you know do machine learning off of and that's two million plus mm-hmm. for you know and, okay and for so, every hour so, so i think that, that that's that assuming advantage is that that okay that gets gm or basically any one of tesla's competitors that are at that level jumps leapfrogs ahead because it's just the raw number of hours and okay. that's where tesla so, will need board that's assuming that the AI is made always going to be made in a silo. And so right, right. right now, if you open up the hood of a Ford, um, I, I used to work on cars, and so I kind of remember some of the Chevy stuff. Like, but So I don't know the brand names. But if you were to open up the hood of a Ford right now, and you looked at, let's say, just the air conditioner or the exhaust system or whatever – it is very likely that some of the pieces that are in there are not manufactured by Ford um, and that they purchased them from elsewhere. Uh, certainly some of the circuitry could be that, especially in their low, uh, their lower vehicles. They may, they may meticulously manufacture their, their higher end things. But as far as like, I don't even know, is the Ford Taurus even a thing anymore? But like, it, like, they're, like if they're pumping those things out by like 5 million a day, they, they they may be using a Mitsubishi air conditioner or something like that. So if AI does not become standardized for self-driving, or at the very least have three top competitors, because right now it is, it's literally the Wild West. Um, guys in their garage are getting funded, right? So, so I think that at some point in the future, um, Tesla may purchase their self-driving uh, software. Maybe that doesn't mean that I think. I think if anything, it might be the opposite, where Ford may purchase their self-driving stuff, and Tesla probably has one that that is very good because that's. I think that's one of their core competencies is probably software. So, um, my my I guess my point in that is, um, yes, right now in a snapshot of time, Tesla probably could use those hours, um, and that would. Be, definitely improve their self-driving capabilities but i think that self-driving itself is going to mature regardless and it's going to be an industry wide uh, industry wide maturation that that becomes a standard that it's like this is just how good it is it's just this good now you know kind of like cloud based services are now where 
you start up a new service now and seven years ago it was like a really big deal that it was hosted quote unquote in the cloud and now there is nothing that isn't and it's standardized across the board so um you know even even the google phone that just shipped literally stores all of its photos in the cloud so um i I think that i think that tesla may need ford's hours right now yes but if you can't merge a company based off of a need that could disappear in nine months you have to merge with a company that will literally accelerate you maybe two years you know when you're talking about the size that they are so let's back this up a little bit if tesla was only 60 days old and didn't even have a car on the ground and there was an offer to merge with with ford and it would fast forward them like five years dude you do it right then you just fast forwarded your company five years if you try to fast forward a company that is arguably one of the best in breed and you're only really fast forwarding at nine months, I think that's uh, short sighted in, in giving up a whole brand like that. Plus I don't think that's as big of a win as you might think merging with something like Ford who, you know, let's just face it is weak right now. Uh, they may have some cash, but, but they're weak. I mean, they don't even have a, they don't even have a, they don't even have a car that I can name right now. That is like an awesome car. Um, and that's bad. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, for me, there they're, they're are two major brands that they've been able to continue despite failing mm. in everything else. And they've mm. tried a lot of other things. Um, yeah. they, they have the Mustang and they have the F-150. And that's like, yep. you know, they've been able to do great with those because, hey, those are amazing brands. And, you know, and the Taurus was the number one car of all time, I think. Like they should like the number one car of all time, I think, is the Taurus, right? Or something <laughs> like that. So they, they should have, you know. That's that's just an example of but, not being able to innovate um, out of yourself. I, I think the the move in the auto industry will be to automated fleets, to you know, like only the people that want to drive cars own cars, um, and so yeah. all of those you know those people that want to buy automated fleets want to buy the best, and so I, that's where I feel like whoever has the best AI will become the standard and, you know, everybody else will just bite the bullet and license or they say, okay, well we can, you know, whether it's open source or whatever, um, maybe we'll become the number one software or the number two software. But, um, when, when when you're looking, okay, I want to buy the best automated fleet that has zero deaths or only one death versus two, like you're going to go buy from GM instead of Ford and that's true. GM versus Tesla or, you know, but like your, your, your argument about, you know, okay, well, there is going to be some standardization and licensing and stuff. Um, Maybe. I, I think that, um, like Tesla doesn't necessarily need to merge with Ford um, mm-hmm. or, or any, any company. They can continue going on their current path. But, um, you know, in the same way that, you know, Pixar could have found another distribution company and continued to make buckets and buckets yeah. of money. Um, yeah. I, I think that just the the advantage of like Ford looking into okay, they sell cars right now, and they'll always have a you know because they're in that luxury market right now. Um, mm-hmm. They'll always have people that want to buy a cool looking electric car to drive themselves. But when yeah. the majority of the car market moves to self-driving cars, they'll want to have some competitive advantage. And so that's where, where like, I think that 
merging with what well, it doesn't have to be Ford. It could be, you know, some other, some other company, um, yeah. you know, Mazda or Toyota or whoever else. Um, when did, when did Ford start? Um, the reason why I asked that is this is something that probably could be done. 1903. It looks like, um, okay. So I don't know what their best years were. We'd probably have to do some research on that. Um, but let's just say it was like, you know, more than 50 years into their, and being in existence, let's say it was like the 50s, 60s and 70s, whatever, probably after the war or whatever. Let's say those were the best years ever for Ford. Um, the the interesting thing about that is if you look at Tesla right now, the people that were in 1905, you know, two, three years after Ford became in existence, they could have been saying, wow, I really hope that they merge with Wells Fargo because Wells Fargo um, delivers all of our packages and our milk and our ice every year. And if Ford has this cool new machine, they should do this, this, and this. Um, but they didn't have any idea, and mo- many of them didn't even survive <laughs> until Ford's best years, right? That were 50 years later. So if you took that and you cut it in half and you say, wow, Tesla you know, has, has um, the, 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 the way that business explodes so much quicker now and marketing explodes so much quicker now, let's say that it has reduced the time for a company to explode by a factor of 50%. I don't know if that's what it is, but let's say it is. But that means that we are only like, I don't know what year that they were founded, but we were only a few years into Tesla's first 25 years to when they're going to be the best company. Like in other words, they could be Ford and you and I are going to be old men saying Tesla started when we were kids, you know, my, my brother's one share is now worth millions. (laughs) Well, I, think, I, think, that. I think he owns three shares. <laughs> oh, your brother does? Yeah. Oh, so we probably should have threw that disclosure. up now. Full, full yeah, disclosure. Because exactly. um, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <is laughs> their stock could like literally soar after this discussion, you know. Um, so it looks like it was founded in July 2003. So 1903, 2003. Is that a coincidence? I don't know. But um, the fact that we're only 12 years into it, we're exactly halfway into what is going to be like – so let's say that over the next five years, they nail manufacturing. They do get the 125,000 cars that have been pre-ordered off the lot, which is a monumental feat in and of itself. Um, and they're on to the model XYZ, you know, whatever it might be. Um, uh, you could easily say, yeah. huh? I, side note, um, I actually saw a, I, I think it's the Model X, their SUV kind of, kind mm-hmm. of, it's it's the S alternate. Um, yeah. I actually saw one in person uh, the other day, and I, I yeah. I've never seen a you know a Tesla you know I've never seen that model in person. I've seen plenty of S's, uh, a few mm-hmm. few Roadsters, but um, I was like, okay, well, do they actually sell any of these? Um, and so you know they they must be selling at least a few of them oh, yeah. and and shipping them out. Um, so I. Yeah, people put, definitely have I've seen them. Put that myth to, to bed, so. Yeah. So anyway, okay, so so now we're, I think it'll be really interesting to see where this ends up. I think this is going to be a topic of discussion on our little conversations if they continue um, quite a bit. 
not not just Tesla because we follow it, but also you know self driving and electric cars and the eventually getting rid of people driving. You said before, I think before we started, you said that you kind of do like driving. Yeah, I I will always own a car because I like driving. Um, yeah, but I I will absolutely be driving for for pleasure and entertainment purposes, not for to go from point A to point B. Um, yeah, and and I I will you know absolutely take advantage of okay my car's gonna come pick me up and then I'm gonna go for a drive. Yep. Um, but you know I I, I kind of like the I idea of um, the, the the very very small minority of people that actually own a car because everybody that I talk to they hate driving they hate yeah. paying for and owning a car. Yep. I don't live in a. Um, metropolitan area so um it's everybody owns a car or more here and uh i would say that if 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 i had the ability like i could get an uber here um especially in some of the cities like some of the smaller towns even i can get an i could get an uber because a lot of the the guys that kind of piggybacked off the taxi cabs and stuff they they also operate as an uber anyway but i could get an uber um if it got to the point where everything was self-driving and Uber was already to the point where they were using self-driving cars, I would not have a car. Um, but I could see having a car specifically for recreation. So um, some point in my life, I would really like to own a Lotus. Um, if I ever owned a Lotus, I would never want anything to drive that but me. <laughs> right? Uh, but if... Let's say I don't even have a Lotus, like, you know, the, the, the midlife crisis car. Um, I think that, like, right now I own a Jeep because I throw a lot of stuff in the back of it, and I go kayaking all the time. And so there's that kind of is, is odd, like a sports person or a hunter or whatever. You're not going to throw your deer carcass in the back of an Uber, even if it, no matter who's driving it, you know. Um, so, so there is some uses still for cars and trucks and all that stuff that are beyond automation that has nothing to do with whether or not the automation could do the things. It's just that it's like, I need to own this thing. It's mine and I'm going to drive it in the woods sometimes and stuff. So there's always going to be the, the, the utility, you know, like Steve Jobs made that comparison between a utility truck or a a pickup truck and, and a car where there's always going to be people owning pickup trucks and we're all going to have Macs. That's, that's what he described the computer as the PC as. So you see, Louis said it, we're all going to have pickup trucks, but you know, the people that there's, there's so many more cars out there than there are pickup trucks, you know? Um, so, okay. I think this is going to be, it's going to be pretty cool to see where this goes. So speaking of merging though, um, a lot of rumors lately about, uh, the tweet box getting merged in with, uh, you know, either Salesforce or Disney or, um, I don't know. I think they've literally named everybody at this point, uh, being interested in buying Twitter, which has, I think that it'd be, has there been any more news in the past day? I kind of, I could, it was getting, the rumors were getting ridiculous, and so I stopped paying attention. Yeah, yeah no, um, I did not look today. I, I just um, did a search, and I was, anything new. So. It's fall, and all the colors of the leaves are literally changing, and so I was out shooting some photos and stuff today. But um, So I didn't look at any of the rumor mill. Um, so there's a couple things about all these rumors. One is, with how incredible and how vital... Twitter has been for breaking news, for being part of disasters, and uh, being part of 
um, political movements and for uh, politics and for news in general and for people like celebrities to not have to manage a full profile on a social network and just be able to throw a tweet up and literally, you know, undercut the media. Um, all those things being said, these rumors are, 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 it's tough when the media catches on to something because of course, all of these other companies have already looked at acquiring Twitter. So I can literally write a blog post right now and say that I think that Disney looked at purchasing Twitter and my headline would be correct even if I had no uh, knowledge or, or someone didn't call me and tell me or give me a tip, all of the media companies and all of the larger technology companies and everybody else, <laughs> anybody that has more than you know a million dollars in their pocket has probably looked at owning Twitter. So yes, there's, you know, there's all these different rumors, but the rumors have been substantiated in the sense that like, okay, in the last week they, they've really – looked at the financials or maybe even had a discussion with the board or whatever. So that's a little bit beyond what, whatever. But as far as like all the rumors that are out there, there's all these speculations flying by. And yes, of course they've all, you know, why wouldn't they want, you know, it's like saying I thought about buying pizza. You know what I mean? Like I, of course I did, <laughs> you know, uh, I think about buying pizza every day and I know you do too. So, um, who do you think should buy it? Even, even if they haven't thought about it or whatever, but if you said to me, wow, if I was running X, the company, um, I, I would go out and grab Twitter. And Or do you think they're not uh, something that should be purchased? Um, I, you know, I've, I've looked at a lot of different, like, companies in, in this, like, rumor mill. And, like, I think the best fit would be, like, in a company like Amazon... In that, um, because of how Twitter is used um, and its current management and everything doesn't follow the best practices based on how it's used Mm -hmm. um, in terms of the politics and everything. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like a company that has a policy and works as apolitical and is just primarily concerned about money um, Mm -hmm. would be the best fit. And um, I feel like there's very few companies <laughs> today that, that fit under that banner. Um, right. I feel like Amazon is kind of like comes to, comes to mind. And I know that um, Bezos does his own political stuff and he bought a newspaper and, and all that kind of stuff. But um, Amazon is, is more than happy to take your money no matter who you are. And, and they want to sell everything to anyone aside from like competition with Apple and, you know, maybe a few side cases, but, um, Hmm. Amazon or a company like Amazon, um, maybe Walmart, like you might not say, okay, well, you know, I don't think like, why would Walmart buy Twitter? And Hmm. I feel like Walmart could buy Twitter and run it just in, in maintenance mode. Um, you know, minimum number of engineers, no salespeople and just like inject walmart.com, um, you know, a- affiliate codes. So when somebody's talking about a product, you know, like the Google ads below, you'll have a link. Oh, you're talking about tents or, you know, 
want want to join the new tenth city in in Portland, Oregon, for your new political <laughs> thing? Buy a tent from Walmart. Like we yeah. don't we don't care what your politics are. Buy our stuff at Walmart. Um, yeah, I, I, I think you're like right. I think I think that a lot of people have made like that the best case scenario for how people use Twitter, and I, I feel like a lot of companies, no no matter if you know, where they are on, in political spectrum or, um, or, or, or not. Um, I, I feel like you need a company that has a ton of money, but also has some tech smarts to understand that this is like, like Twitter is, um, it's people describe it as like a public utility. And I think that's the most accurate thing. Um, but it's not currently run like a public utility, and it's owned by people that are aggressively um, involved in in the the political sphere themselves. And yeah. it, I feel like there's a lot of conflict and crash, and like, people are saying like, "Oh, they're damaging their own brand and whatnot." But it's like, okay, well, any publicity is good publicity. But they're like how they're running it, and all of that aside. They do have a money problem and mm-hmm. um, like basically a, a management problem in terms of running a business. And I, I think you need a big company that knows how to run a business that that can say, okay, well, we we the can run this is, at, a, at a much much smaller smaller uh, headcount and yeah. and all of that. So yeah, I think I, you're right. I, I think politics does play into this in the sense that. Um, it would muddy the waters, you know. Uh, I think that one of the biggest um, knocks against Disney purchasing them, and I think they've already bowed out anyway, but uh, the biggest knock that I heard or read about was that even though it's a media company, that because they own so many different properties that would kind of limit them, like they have deals with very specific media outlets and all of that, that it would limit Twitter's capabilities, you know, uh, by being inside of Disney, that because of not just political, but almost like, you know, they wouldn't be able to do deals with with people outside of that Disney sphere or because they're inside of Disney, um, it would limit people even wanting to talk to them from other from other things. So there's there are there are many ways to look at Twitter as far as what kind of business it is. Uh, People call it a, a utility um, it isn't. It hasn't yet been run that way, even though the founders themselves call it that. Um, but then also, the um, the the uh, the business model is media, though. It's an advertising play on top of topics and so forth. And so, um, I don't think Amazon. I think Amazon has it has the money. I think Amazon doesn't need doesn't care to make profit, so it doesn't matter <laughs> if Twitter does any good. So that doesn't matter. Um, and I also think that that Amazon um, has the technology licked, like they could, you know, probably one one of their engineers could run Twitter. <laughs> you know, I you know that's probably a big time knock against the Twitter engineering team. I don't need to knock them because they seem to be doing pretty well on that front, but. Um, and but I don't think they understand the market uh, the the selling ads. They don't sell ads, you know. Um, and I think 
I think if you want Twitter to make money, well, you can't start charging like you can't be a Verizon. You can't start charging people five dollars a month to use Twitter. That it won't work. You know. Yeah, I, I think you have to sell ads. Yeah, I, I think if Amazon was going to buy, and I don't think they will, um, I, I think it would be it would be nice, it'd be interesting, but I don't think they will. Um, yeah. Like in terms of selling ads, they have um, you know their Amazon affiliates, and um, you know they could leverage that program and say, you know, mm-hmm. we don't we don't need to hire. 2,000 or 3,000 salespeople or keep these 2,000 or 3,000 salespeople at Twitter, we have the Amazon affiliate network and these That's people, true. these people, we can leverage that, leverage that somehow in, in some particular program. Um, yeah. I mean, but I, I don't think they will. So they probably, that bridge will never be crossed, but. I think the best person to buy it as far as selling ads against it though is Facebook. Um, I don't think Facebook is going to buy it. I don't think Zuckerberg will ever put an offer in on Twitter ever again. He already did twice and was turned down, and I think that he's done with that. Um, I also don't think he – I don't think – I think there was probably a very brief period of time where you could almost say that Facebook needed Twitter. I think that's already coming on because um, I think that the differences between them now are so – desperate that and everybody can identify the difference between Facebook. Like it used to be like, well, if I have Twitter, why would I ever use Facebook? And if I have Facebook, why would I use Twitter? And now that, that I've never heard that anymore. Um, the two things are so different. Um, but as far as being able to sell mobile ads, Facebook's number one. I mean, they are killing it on selling mobile ads. The, the tool set that they have for advertisers to purchase mobile advertising is, is amazingly well done. And the value of a Facebook ad, uh, even though they did get some of their video views counted incorrectly recently, but the number of, like, the value of purchasing a Facebook ad is ridiculously good in comparison. Like, I've heard the, the opposite of Twitter. Like, you buy a Twitter ad and it's, like, worth zero right now. Um, CPCs are, like, really, 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 really high. Um, so when someone clicks on your ad, you pay a ridiculous amount of money. Um, and so I think... There's a lot to figure out there, and you need some really smart people. It's not just about keeping the servers running. That's for sure, because I think that anybody with a couple bucks could do that. Um, it's about it's about two things, I think. One is if Twitter never grew another view, not one more view, not one more user, not one more account, how do you turn the money engines on? And I don't think it needs to be ridiculously profitable to be valuable, but I think you have to turn the money on. And the other thing is, once you do that, how do you make it grow? And how do you make – I think the way you make it grow personally is that you start counting differently. And it sounds like you know bad economics or something like, oh, you know. But at, what you do is – I'll give you an example. If you look at the number of people that sign up to Twitter – it's always going to be different than Facebook. It's always going to be because Twitter is such a – if you have an account on Twitter, it's such a – it demands that you speak in a way. And people don't like to talk. A lot of people don't like to talk. Way more – like I like to talk, you know, and obviously you do because you're talking to me right now. But um, there are a lot of people that don't like to talk at all. And so – the number of people have a Facebook account, though, because they can connect with their mom and their dad and whatever else and then not do anything, like they don't do anything on there but share, like, bad gifts from uh, clickbait websites, is 
that they, they feel okay having a Facebook account. So, um, and then on Instagram, you just paste the picture. You know, I think if Twitter was a picture first network, they would have, <laughs> they would have murdered Instagram, um, big time with filters or no filters. Uh, if, if the first thing you saw when you opened up the Twitter app was, uh, asks you for an image, um, and then maybe a caption as an option, uh, they would have murdered Instagram. I'm not saying that they should have done that. I don't think whatever, cause they're different, but, um, that's what Instagram is. Instagram is Twitter that starts off with an image, but, um, Anyway, that's that's besides the point. So you have those two things. How do you make it grow? Is right now you turn the news on and you will see a tweet somewhere in that news program, whether it's local news, worldwide news, BuzzFeed, <laughs> doesn't matter, any kind of news, you're going to see a tweet in that news piece. Or f- So Twitter starts news. You have to start counting the number of impressions that stuff happens, even on television. It's an impossible ask, but it's something that they could do with a lot of, you know, figuring things out is um, when the tweet is seen by the local 400,000 people here in my area that are watching the news tonight, when that tweet is seen, it has to be counted as, hey, uh, people saw the Twitter logo tonight. You know what I mean? In Scranton, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, so, So they have to start counting like medium you know, medium doesn't tell you the number of impressions that something has, I think now, but they, but they, they like say the the amount of time that someone spent on your article, they're, they're counting things different because views don't mean anything, but attention does. And so I think that with Twitter, they can't count how many accounts they have as being the factor that makes their stock price go up and down because it'll never go up again, or, or at least it won't go up in the numbers that everything else does. So they have to count, they have to count stuff different. Yeah. One of the, <laughs> Interesting segue. Um, mm-hmm. I the company that I've been project that I've been working on is the Media Impact Project, and it's we, all of our clients were um, nonprofits, and so like their their the goal was to provide them with analytic models and different ways to view like the impact of their media, and you mm-hmm. know there's like a you know. Uh, a nonprofit newspaper out of Texas that, um, you know, got a grant from the Gates Foundation and the Gates Foundation wanted to know, okay, what, like, how is our money being used, one, and then two, like, what's the impact of, okay, so you wrote all these news articles and you made all these podcasts and and video articles and all, all this stuff, like, how, how do you measure what, what's, what is the impact of, of us giving you money, but the, the second part, what is the impact of you doing this thing? And, um, you know, I, I think that, like you're saying, Twitter needs to dif- differentiate itself from Facebook in terms of how things are measured purely because it's, you know, the impact is not just, okay, we got a thousand impressions from this one tweet on the website or in the mobile app. Like, mm. tweets are, like, in the news, on the radio, like, everywhere. Like yeah. it's, and it's like trying to, okay, well, how, I mean, even it's, it's hard to, hard to describe and, and measure exactly like how powerful a, a tweet from somebody that, that goes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, well, I'll give you, I'll give yeah. you some examples. Like, um, the power, the power of a Twitter account is, is amazing. I mean, you'll see people that have 100 followers that one tweet could get retweeted a million times. You know, 
it is so it isn't only follower count that dictates the ability for something to spread, which is which is huge. Uh, in addition to the fact that it could be on TV and stuff. Um, so I because I, I remember staying up all night one night when Ashton Kutcher was trying to get to his first million followers. He was the first person to ever have a million followers on Twitter, and I remember being on. He was you know, live from his living room using video streaming or something like that. And people were like, tons of people were watching and he was slowly climbing towards a million and he was celebrating the fact that he got to a million followers, you know? Um, and his big point at the time, which I'm sure he's an investor in Twitter. He's a big time tech investor. Um, is his point at the time was like the democrat democratization of media, which I know is a, a buzz term at this point. I know WordPress uses democratization of publishing and so forth you know so people that are on the internet always hear that but imagine 50 years ago you live in iowa and you start a t-shirt company and you want to sell t-shirts okay now obviously the advent of of the internet is a humongous impact on that person that there's no doubt about that Uh, but even that without a vehicle to spread the word about something like that. You know, there's things like Reddit, there's things like Twitter, there's things like Facebook, and a few other things out there that if you, for some reason, put your T-shirt up there and say, I got a new T-shirt, it's for sale over here, and it takes off for whatever reason, there is the ability to fundamentally change that person's life because they sent out a tweet, Um, not just in business, but even for social things like we see with these hashtags, like uh, these different social movements that we see, like there's been tons of them, um, whether it's you know about the color of somebody's skin or about the economics of a particular country or overthrowing a particular ruler, whatever, um, all of these things. I mean, it has been just fundamentally a thing that changes everything. Is the power of a of a tweet? Um, it's it's there's something there from that. You can't you know cannot deny that. And it's it's strange to me that Twitter became like the place for that this happened and everybody just Mm -hmm. decided, okay, we're going to use Twitter and this is like, Twitter is going to be the place, like, even though they don't operate it how we want them to. And, and they, they are aggressively against many different political movements. We're just going to use it anyway, because it's Mm -hmm. so valuable um, to the people using it. And, um, and I think, trying to like figuring out a way to capture that that value at at some level you know becomes you know the challenge of the company um if if they stay and go it alone or if somebody acquires them okay you know how how do we allow this you know people are using it despite itself and mm-hmm. you know w- whether new management comes in and and runs Twitter differently, or, you know, I, I feel like capturing that energy, and like you said, like, Twitter is is game-changing to, you know, just this small t-shirt seller that decides to put out one tweet. Um, you know, I, I just think that um, whoever runs Twitter next should, should capitalize on that rather than, and fi- figure out how to capitalize on that um, even if it's okay, we're just going to let people do their own thing and inject ads, um, or you know, so, some some sort of monetization model that that works. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't really have too many answers for Twitter. I, I remember um, 
I think I started a blog post at one point that said, like, here's what I would do with Twitter. And I think I erased it. Um, I'll have to look. Because the more I did think about it, the more I thought of how hard it would be. I'm not talking about the business. I'm not talking about making money because I think that there's a lot of – I mean – I would rather see Twitter experimenting every week with that right now. Like literally just try everything. Who cares? You know, we all want you to survive. Everybody, everybody that's on Twitter wants it to survive. So just try stuff. You know, um, uh, there might be some things that, that are stupid and we think are dumb and we might not like it, but, and by and large, I would rather you be doing something than literally, I hear the toilet flushing, you know what I mean? And I, and it sucks. Seeing the stories on Hacker News about Twitter, like, Entire portions of the company doing nothing, just going and collecting a paycheck, like does not inspire confidence that that this yeah. company is going to be around in a year. Exactly. So, so I'd rather see them doing anything on the on the money side, um, anything at all. Even if they literally said, "Hey, uh, in order to give us another year, we want five dollars from everybody," I would give five dollars right now, right? Without yeah. doubt, I think everybody would. I think everybody would. So, um, I would like to see them. But, but as far as like the platform goes, like what would I do with the platform? Um, and you have to realize that your whatever your knee-jerk reactions are, you have to think them all the way through. So if somebody said to me, well, I would just make the character count longer. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what does that do? You know what I mean? Like, where does that help or hurt? And if you turn that knob and you say, now it's 2,000 characters instead of 140 uh, characters, uh, does that material impact the things that Twitter needs it to material impact? No, it may may make there there might be some some users that are happier as a result of it, but and there's some be some users that are uh, less happy. That's for sure. So I don't know what side of the graph it went to there, but does it make people sign up more? Like no, they had a hard time figuring out how to say 140 characters. You know, the people that don't sign up to Twitter are the people that are don't know what to put in that box. So imagine if the box was bigger. You know, um, if your knee-jerk reaction is, you know, I would add live real-time video. Well, I guess they are experimenting with that with, with Periscope and things. So so I, I did – I created this laundry list of things about what Twitter could do. And mainly it was around opening the platform even wider than it is. When Twitter's API first started, it was a little more open than it is now. It wasn't as sophisticated. It didn't have as much metadata. It didn't have as much capability. Um, but it certainly was a lot more open and a little, and it felt like people were welcome to to just, like there was toasters sending tweets, right? And there's good and bad parts of toasters sending tweets. But I think there was bridges that would tweet when they were up and they were down. And I'm not saying that those things aren't still there. It's just that the, the, the ecosystem feels limiting rather than feeling wide open like hey uh guys we have this incredible network come and and do your worst that's the the api that i would like to that's the api ecosystem that i would like to see is one that it feels like when jack came up with the idea for ambulances that are riding through uh manhattan to tweet what block they were on, which is something that Jack Dorsey originally started working on before Twitter, was ambulances and fire uh, engines would automatically report 
every time that they moved from a block to a block. Because if you think about it, it gives you a couple different things. It gives you a time. It gives you a location. But also, if you put together the first, like, the last, like, ten, you could tell where they are going or where they were coming from or what direction. I mean, all kinds of cool information. Boom, all of a sudden you have what Twitter is today, you know, as a result of, of that kind of thinking of, like, what if everything, including people, reported what they were doing and where they were at all the time? Um, that's kind of where Twitter started out with a with a status message. And now it's a little bit more – people think about their tweets a little bit more um, – than they used to, except for you know who, uh, he doesn't seem to think about his tweets too often. But that that people generally will kind of craft their tweet a little bit more than than it used to be. Like people would have like a Twitter account that would tell them when they should water their plants, and so the utility of Twitter is still there if they just open up that ecosystem a little bit more. So I think if I if I had one thing that I would blog about and be willing to put my name on, say, hey, Twitter could make a material impact in the world if they did this thing, it would be. That their that their hackability be even easier than it is now, like light years easier than it is now, um, and that their ecosystem of their the, the, like it, it should feel a little grittier. It should feel like um, that that they would want plants to be tweeting and they would want uh, all these things to be tweeting and not just people. Yeah, I, I, I'm all for them opening up their API a little bit more, and also um, I, th- I think like their like their idea of you know you know again this goes back to them comparing themselves to Facebook too much, um, right? And rather than being a platform for people, they need to be a platform for ideas because that's how people use them, and yep. and like like you're saying. Ideas can can come in all all types of forms, and it could be a toaster tweeting, you know, when the toast is done, and mm-hmm. and that that's a great idea, um, you know, if, if your toaster's, you know, you have a large mansion or something, <laughs> you, can, you can't hear your toaster, um, yeah, you know, if you're if you're living at the the White House or something, I don't know, um, but I I definitely think that like okay, somebody could build that right now, but um. They're not encouraging it at all. That's what I mean. Like you can't. So if you're thinking, what is the value in this thing? That's the wrong question because the value comes from having it exist. So like, what is the value of a bridge in London tweeting whether or not it is up or down at the moment? No one knows except for the person that uses it for a reason. And what is the purpose of, and I'm not saying that there's not these, you know, there's not these data points that could be used. Like, like the the whole if this then that, um, you know, service is huge for for that kind of thing. And it's more more the uh, like the democratization of information rather than mm-hmm. um, publishing. And Twitter became the platform for for information to get out there, whether it's correct information or accurate information. Um, yeah. Twitter doesn't have the you know the cabal of people running Wikipedia to to judge that because it's anybody can publish. Um, yeah. And so you know. And I, it should be anything. It should they, be they anything. Need to embrace embrace that fully. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, not I, I don't limit. I don't know if that'll help them survive or not. But no, it will. Because here's the thing: the if. If you're so the business model is media, but the 
the technology is utility. And so it, it's perhaps a new breed of something, right? It's saying the technology is a tweet is 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 a utility. It's something that should be always on and always available. And given their current limitations on their API, that is simply not the case. I am very surprised that Tweetbot still exists, even though it is by far the best Twitter client. Um, and yet, the the slow constraints of the s of the the um, rights and and the terms of use and all that stuff has made it so that Tweetbot can only do so much. Like they can only allow you to have so many. Uh, things on like in other words, Tweetbot can only sell so many every year, and like it's it's ridiculous. But um, I'm very surprised that something like Tweetbot exists, and I wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow it didn't. Um, I think the fact that if Jack Dorsey didn't take over, I think that we would have saw the end of all third party clients because I think that he might have he may not have sent it in the opposite direction, but he'd certainly maybe have stopped the ridiculous constraint of and i know why they did it imagine this your twitter and the only place that you can make money is on your stream on twitter.com if the only way you can make money is by showing an ad on twitter.com in that stream of tweets then a third like third party client and two hundred thousand people using it is bad for business i get that but remove that if you have all the money in the world what would you rather have everybody using your utility or not right you do so Will opening up their API and removing their terms of service, or at least opening up all the crappy limitations that they have, would that save Twitter? 100%. I'll tell you why. When Apple makes a computer, there's nothing on it. (laughs) They sell potential every single time that they create a computer. Yes, it has Keynote on it. It's got pages on it. It's got numbers on it. It's got all these things. But they don't give you numbers with your business's spreadsheet in it already when you buy the computer. Twitter, electricity, electricity. When electricity first started, people thought it was insane. Like, why would you ever need that in your house? You know, I have a light that's, you know, we have one light bulb in the whole house and we can just hand the crank it, you know, or whatever. There was a time period where people thought that electricity was ridiculous. Now we can't imagine living without it. And so that's what we mean by utility is that if Twitter was so wide open that the ways that it was being used were infinitum, then that would rescue it 100% because they could then charge for it like we charge for power now, which is, hey, you are getting this ridiculous amount of value out of it. You can pay per tweet or uh, whatever uh, for these particular uses. I'm not saying that I would... Uh, that the user would need to pay, but that if there's these utility, or, or even even just like oh, like you you seem like you hit 140 every single time. <laughs> like, do you want to pay for an extended tweet? Right. You know exactly. Or, or pay the 20 bucks a month, and all your tweets can be extended. Or you know, I you know they'd have to experiment with those things. But exactly. But so so what I mean is is of all the things that I could suggest that that Twitter do. From a platform perspective and not from the ads and not from a business and revenue, it's I would make that API so utility-like, open, more than open, inclusive, and outreach, and all of that. I know they have a, a yearly developer conference, but I would go even further than that. I'd be like, I'd be at every hackathon, and I'd be, uh, maybe if I was Twitter, I would buy if this and that, if I could afford it. I would literally buy if this then that because how many things report back to Twitter and that interoperability like 
the different pieces of of it connecting with your home thing. What if what if Twitter became a, like the way that everybody piggybacked notifications? So what if the phone that you bought no longer had a notifications API that was at the the operating system level, but Twitter was that up was that notification API? Um, and maybe it wasn't sending you a tweet or sending the world a tweet, but that that the 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 platform was used to share that. So you have now you have private tweets that you only see from all of your devices. So now I have a Twitter account. Oh, when I go on there, I see tweets from all of my friends. I see tweets from all the politicians that I appreciate. I see tweets that are on this hashtag that I follow and all of the devices that are in my home. Um, they're private, but I see them all. Somebody walked into my house and it sent me a tweet about that. We might call it a tweet. It may be different in the pla- at the platform level because it wasn't one that I sent or whatever. It was one that my... Um, my Apple Home or my Amazon Alexa or my Google Home or my whatever else home and something else home, whatever it sent a tweet. But if you have this, if this, then that kind of capabilities locked into Twitter, like maybe that's a good idea for them that I just had and Jack Dorsey can take right now is to go purchase if this and that. But I would make Twitter uh, electricity. That's what I would try to make it. I'm all for that. I, yeah. I'd, I'd love to see the platform go in that direction. Have you ever built anything on top of the Twitter API before? Uh, I haven't. I've, no. I've, uh, I've played around with if, if this, then that quite a bit, yeah. but um, I, I haven't built anything on top of it yet. What do you have, what do you have um, in if this and that? Anything um, right now? I have uh, a flow that takes stuff from the, the Fitbit. A recipe. The, the, a recipe. Yeah. Yeah, a recipe that takes things uh, from the Fitbit website and mm-hmm. then pulls it into Google Sheets. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does it automatically, like every time you take a run or something. Um, I think like weekly or something. I, I I stopped using my Fitbit, so it doesn't do it anymore. But oh, <laughs> it's the recipe's still there waiting. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I. Let me let me log in real quick. See what I have. I don't think I have anything running right now. If this, then that. Um, but let me let me look. I I just had a, a wild idea. I was saying somebody should buy BlackBerry, Twitter, and if this, then that. <laughs> BlackBerry. All, all three, all three, and uh, why BlackBerry? And leverage um, BlackBerry's security tech. And like all of the research that they've done in the past three or four years into the like the Internet of Things and medical devices and all that, mm-hmm. um, and then combining that with the idea of um, like your device is tweeting and talking to you, um, but like let's say it's like the hospital's Twitter network or you know whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I don't know. I might might uh, write about this, but I'm not sure. I'm gonna have to think about that more. But yeah. I, I, I think I think uh, Twitter and if this then that would be uh, fantastic together. Yeah. The other the um, what something you just said reminded me of something. Before we get back to the recipes that I have, is lo- the other thing that I think Twitter has. I don't know if they tried to do this internally and it just didn't work. I hope that someone there has tried this five times 
And I hope that whoever works there that has tried this and it did not get into the main product has quit. <laughs> um, if I walk into um, a restaurant right now and I open my Twitter client, why can I not see every tweet that was ever sent from there? And I realize that only some percentage of the tweets that are sent are geotagged. I get that. And I think that they could probably do some, make some product decisions that would make it so that more of them would be. Like, hey, uh, do you want to add your location to every tweet that you send except when you're home? Uh, even though nowadays, man, everybody knows where you live and everybody knows how to get to you. If they really want to find you, they're going to. But it won't be because of your tweets. Let's put it that way. Um, but anyway, like, let's, say, let's just say that we could get it to where there's enough saturation where 40% or 50% of the billions of tweets that are happening all the time um, are geotagged. If I go into a restaurant, why, even if I'm not following those people, um, even if those people do not live in my area, nothing like that, but they were there and they tweeted. Well, I mean, even, even if you could just, when you go into a restaurant, Twitter says, like, you know, asks, hey, you're, you know, well, I mean, if you, if you have, maybe when Twitter opens up and you walk into yeah. a restaurant and Twitter's already asked, hey, when, when you're not at home, can we use your location data? Um, and then you, you go in and they, they detect that you're at a restaurant and then you get, even just if you got just that restaurant's Twitter account, that would mm. be miles better than, than nothing. Absolutely. Well, so that's, I mean, you're looking at what Foursquare is. Right, or at least for what Foursquare was for a very long time, which is that when you opened up Foursquare and you checked into a particular place, um, there was that manual "Yes, I am here" button, um, but it figured everything else out for you. It figured out where you were and all that stuff, and it was fairly accurate. It's it's amazingly accurate. They have Swarm now, or whatever. But it was I could see people leaving tips and you know tricks or whatever for that restaurant. And I'm not saying that this is a I want to see what the best burger is in those places, although that's probably one of the things that could surface. But just imagine, you know, there's people that play these, um, uh, I, I can't remember the name of it, geocaching. Oh, yeah. Um, where, you know, I was hiking the other day and I found a geocaching box, even though I wasn't using a geocache thing. I just happened to see the box and I opened it up. There's all kinds of stuff in there. I left my own little thing in there and wrote my name real quick. Um It'd be like geocaching everywhere for tweets, and you don't even have to be purposely doing it. I could just be at my local park. I could take a picture of a tree right now that's bright yellow because it's fall. I send it out as a tweet, and now the next person that comes there, even if it's in the middle of June when it's the greenest it's ever been, can see that tree in yellow. And that is another thing that would keep people using Twitter more. So they'd open up Twitter. They would see whatever the latest tweets are from whomever they follow. They'd click on moments to see what the heck is going on. Is there an earthquake? What was the last thing that Donald Trump said stupidly? And what did this person do or whatever? Like, what's the sports thing going on? Now there's NFL to watch. And, oh, by the way, because I'm physically at this state park, I can see everybody else that visited here and what they said and who's here right now. Like, the fact that tweets are being sent right then, you could see, like, oh, somebody else is tweeting from here right now. Um, 
So I really do hope that somebody there uh, tried these things. If you open up TweetBot and you click on search, there is a nearby tweets button, and it is okay at best. Um, but it is interesting. If you ever use it, it is interesting to click that button because it gives you a laundry list of stuff that you would never see because you do not – that is not in your network. You just don't see those people. Yeah. One of the first things that I did um, after I decided that I was actually going to stay here is I went searching for local politicians, local Twitter accounts, local – like yeah. bridges and stuff, like fire departments, like all that kind of stuff where like I, I wanted yeah. a, a stream of information about the area right. that I'm living in. Um, and you created a Twitter list? I, I just followed a whole bunch of people. But yeah. I, I, I stopped because, um, you know, there, there really wasn't like any way of figuring out, like aside from looking like the farmer's market and like a few, like a handful of accounts, um, like it's not tailored to like that information like at the moment you know it's like okay yeah. you know a, a few of these people are you know tweeting about local local stuff and in the moments in the moment but the rest of it is just like their it's just their personal twitter account and you're getting their cat pictures and they're like okay why am i following this person again mhm but if it was you know like you said you know uh, you know, nearby, like a nearby button, you actually got like, okay, right now, what's happening nearby? Oh, that's that's interesting. Um, you yeah. Know, I don't know. Do you have TweetBot or no? I don't. Um, I'm I'm a heavy user of TweetDeck, and I'm. Does that have anything like that in it? I it I don't think it does. It has a like there's there's search features pretty good, but I don't think there's any sort of like local or location yeah. type stuff it's i'm just shocked that they continue to keep it or keep it working well a lot of people that's the thing is a lot of power users do i mean if you're a twitter power user meaning that you are working at a news outlet or whatever who are you know fill the blank um you probably have tweet deck open um there are a lot of people that use that but uh TweetBot, I, I know it's expensive, so people that aren't as into Twitter as me <laughs> um, probably don't want to buy it because it does cost, I think it might be even 20 or $40 or something like that. I don't even know what it is. But um, you can do very similar things with TweetBot where, and I never use this. I wish I did. But there is a, like, well, I'll give you an example. Let's say I do a search for um, hiking, right? Uh, oh, I did the wrong search. I was like, there's no tweets that say hiking in it. That'd be like ridiculous. Um, so if I do that, I can I can create another window or a new column like like you can. And so, yeah, I can have hiking be up all the time and just be see what's going on with people hiking in the area or whatever. Um, so anyway, I think that'd be huge. Uh, I think that those two things, opening up the API just wide open, like saying anybody use it however you want. Yeah, yeah you might hurt our bottom line if you make a – if they make a Twitter client that is more that is better than your own Twitter client, and you are losing ad revenue as a result, just buy them. I just go like, right up to them. Isn't that what their strategy them. was for the longest time? I know. Yeah. So, like, if Tweetbot, if Tweetbot does not show ads in it, which it doesn't, which is phenomenal, it's great. It's one of the reasons why I use it. Although I don't mind ads because I do want Twitter to, to, to operate. It's just that the TweetBot client is way better than the Twitter client. But if the TweetBot client had ads in it, I'd still use it. 
But I pay for the TweetBot client because it is very, very nicely done. And I'm supporting two guys that are building it. Um, However, if it became so good that everyone was using it, just buy them. You've got market cap of around $15 billion right now. You could easily buy TweetBot probably right now for $10 million. Probably these guys would be like, yes, maybe, maybe not. I mean, because I don't know what their, like their personal, you know, whatever. But I'm saying like dollars and cents wise, they could afford it. So um, just do that. So my, my recipes, now I don't have this on our list to talk about. And I don't know what, if you have like an end time, but we're an hour and a half in. And, um, I have about 30 more minutes if okay. we go that far. <laughs> yeah. Well, lately I've been listening to like a couple of podcasts and the podcasts that I really like that are really well done are like the ones that last like 20 minutes and the ones that I just like listen to and, and kind of just have on in the background or whatever are the ones that last like two hours. So like I like the ones that are like 10 to 20 minutes and I like the ones that are two hours and everything in between I don't like. So maybe we just go for two hours. I don't care. <laughs> um, is the last topic that I have for us relates to my recipes here. Um, cause I, I don't have it in the list for you because it doesn't matter because you can riff on this without needing to know what it is. Um, my recipes are all related to sharing my tweets and Facebook posts and stuff that from my blog, um, my next project for the Twitter API, since we're talking about it is, um, I want to make it so that when I post a status update to my blog, it goes to Twitter. And if someone replies to it on Twitter, that that reply also shows up on my blog. And so there's a little bit of work there. Um, There are a number of people that are already doing this and have figured out uh, a lot of portions of this. There are some, I use WordPress for my blog. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff out there. There's a few of the things that I've tried that just don't work. Um, uh, automatic makes uh, a thing called Jetpack that does does a lot of different things. It, it, there's Jetpack is very good for your WordPress blog. It does it turns a whole bunch of stuff on, um, and it's a valuable service. I think you can even pay for it if you want. But um, in my experience, and I have had support requests and support tickets open with them quite a bit, and I, I don't know if it's just me or not, but it 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 is not even a fifty percent chance of whether or not the tweet will make it to Twitter. If you ask Jetpack to publicize your blog posts to Twitter, um, less than I, I literally had to open up Twitter every single time that I ever published a blog post to see if the tweet went. And I should never have to do that. Like it, it should, if it doesn't go because of some kind of error, I should see that. Number one. Number two is if if Twitter is over capacity at the moment or something, Jetpack should hold on to it and then do it later. It is. Probably not a focus of their team at all right now, but um, I went back and forth with them, and they did agree that that, that like it should sort of throw an error and everything. So a lot of stuff that I tried that's like built right into WordPress does not work at all. So Jeremy Keith is an excellent version. Uh, uh, his his blog is a d a c t i o dot com, adactio dot com, um, which I don't know if you're subscribed to him, Danny, but. Um, Jeremy Keith, um, he, he rolls his own CMS. So uh, when he sends a tweet, um, if you go to his website and you click on notes, you'll see his tweets. Um, some of them have images, some of them don't. You'll notice that every tweet or note on his website has a permalink. Um, on that permalink, is it also shows 
um, the latitude and longitude he was at. It shows uh, the current weather <laughs> from that location that he did, which is insane. Um, and there's a couple of really important uh, things that he has there. One is that it says that this thing also exists on Twitter. Um, and when you click on it, it takes you right to that status update that's on Twitter. And there's no link from Twitter back to the blog. So he sort of uses his blog as a Twitter client. Um, and no one that follows him on Twitter would have known that that had originated from his blog. Right. Um, and so when he writes a note on his on his site, he does limit it to 140 characters. Um, images also make it to Twitter as well, the same way that images on Twitter are tweeted and everything. Um and if you reply to him on Twitter, it shows up as a comment on his blog. Uh, and so there's a little bit of work there to do that. So number one is you have to publish the post, and then you have to publish that to Twitter, and then you have to get the ID from Twitter and then put it as metadata onto your post so that you can link to it. And then whenever somebody replies, it has to crawl Twitter for those replies and grab those replies and then throw them in as comments. So there's a lot of work there to do. Um, not a lot, but there's enough there. There's enough complexity there that take a little while to do. Everything that I've used to do what he has here, and all of the stuff that he has here, if you search his blog, you'll see that he usually does these at little hackathons or, or indie web camps or whatever, and slowly he has built up this feature set. Like he started off with you know, just being able to send a tweet or whatever. I would like to use WordPress's default twi- uh, iOS app. I would like to use WordPress's default admin and all of that, and I don't want to have anything special. I want it to look exactly the way it does for everybody else. But when I, because I use status updates, if you go to my blog, you'll see that I do status updates. And I, I kind of jump back and forth between Twitter because I don't know what I should put where. But then I won't have to make that decision. So that when I send a tweet from my site, I just want it to go to Twitter as a tweet. No link back, no nothing. But if you reply on there, I'll get it on my blog. And so that's my next Thing. And and almost every if this then that recipe that I have is that it's when I send a when I post a blog post or an image or a status update or like I'm going to be posting this piece of audio to my blog um, I want it to go to the social networks and I don't really care about Facebook anymore um, even though Facebook is as far as traffic goes it's still like a humongous uh, you know, you can really send a lot of traffic to your blog if you send stuff to Facebook. Um, I would argue the quality of that traffic, but you could definitely send your traffic there. But I would, I would, I'd like to build it so that all of my status updates go to Twitter, all of my posts too. Just, but it would just like say the title and then a link, which is all that I really want. But as far as status updates, it would just post the text. It would, no one would know. If you were just following me on Twitter, you wouldn't be able to know the difference. That was the problem with this too, is that it always like would put the link in there too. And so every time that I tweeted, like it was like, Hey, go to my blog and look that there's more. But when you got there, there wasn't more. And so it was kind of like ridiculous. Um, so you, so that's what I'm going to be doing with Twitter. I'm not sure if that interests you at all or, or whatever, but you just started a blog. So what is the URL of that? Yeah, it's uh blog.wikiideas.com. And, um, You've had this domain name for a long time. Yeah, uh, since 10 years, almost 11 years, 11, 11 years or so, since 2005. Mm-hmm. When I, I I bought it when I turned 18. I was like, I got I got my own credit card. I'm buying a domain. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I guess awesome. 16 years. Anyway, um, 
Uh, it's going to be merging um, with the the existing .com design and stuff. That's my my current project that I'm working on. But one of the the things that I've been exploring over the past year is basically what you've been talking about is yeah, bringing back the content creation to your own site and then sending it out to other places, but then like integrating as much as you can back in. Um, you know, and I'm seeing this uh, Adactio, um, how he's got this is very, very interesting. Um, and I, I like that it's, you know, also also on Twitter, also on Instagram, like the other places mm-hmm. where this content went out to. Um, yeah. But that if you if you wanted to, like you, you get like the full picture of of what his content creation is just straight here on his own site. Yep. Yeah, it's it's one of the things that, that I have done in about nine different ways over the years. Um I wrote a blog post which you can search my blog for called Homesteading a long time ago where it was like literally saying I'm gonna bring everything to my blog and I've done it before and then I've gotten like 85 or the percent of the way there where whenever I would publish something to my blog, it would go to the places that I wanted it to in the way that I wanted to. And then, of course, those platforms update and such. But I was about 85% of the way there and I gave up, you know, and I just keep kicking myself because Twitter has 50,000 of my tweets. And I know that seems like overkill, but that's just I've been on the Internet since I was 14 and I share things online. It's just what I do. And so that's it. Um, and I wish all of those statuses were in my blog and I can export them and I could get them in there if I really, really wanted to. I probably won't. Uh, you know, I'm just going to chalk it up to be like like talking at a bar. Like here, here's an example. We're recording this conversation. But if you and I right now were having a beer at a bar, you know, in a local town and we were having a, a very engaging conversation, we would just go home and we'd go to bed and it would never have made it out into the world and all that other stuff. And that's fine. There are times when things are said and done that no one ever knows about and that's 100% fine. Um, so when I look at things like Snapchat and Instagram stories and things that are built to be ephemeral, then you share things that will be ephemeral there. And I'm okay with that. So, like, yeah. if I share some, if I share something on Snapchat, I don't expect it to ever have resounded or, or or come from or originated from my blog because I want my blog to last. There are out of those fifty thousand tweets, probably twenty five thousand of them I wish existed, and twenty five thousand of them I could care less if they ever were there um, because it was just me riffing on a TV show or whatever. So, I would say that I would like to get to the point where everything comes from my blog and goes out to wherever I feel like it going out to. Um, and to be honest with you, I don't care. Like, if Twitter never existed, I don't care. So uh, at least I have my blog. Right. Um, but for right now, Twitter does exist, and so I'd like it to do that. So anyway, that's my next my next thing. All of my recipes in If This and That were were kind of geared towards that, and I tried every way from Sunday to get those recipes to share in the way that I wanted to. And I would turn some of them on and turn some of them off. And I would, I would make my own recipes, by the way. This was not like only using the ones that are out there. I even tried making my own and I just couldn't get it to be what Jeremy has. And so I'm going to slowly like Jeremy did 
because uh, he shares some of the code that he even uses on his uh, GitHub, um, uh, or at least on his uh, in his blog posts somewhere, uh, and, and I have them in Unwork uh, that I can get to the point where I can share the way that I want, and if people reply, it shows up on my blog. I mean, how awesome would it be? He's got an awesome thing going there, doesn't he? Like, if I sent it, if I, in other words, this conversation that we had about Tesla would be on my blog right now. Right. Even though you didn't even know it, you know? Um, and that's pretty awesome. Because then I could search Tesla on my own blog. Because right now, if I search Tesla on Twitter, I'm not going right. to find my tweet. Yeah, exactly. It's murder. It's ridiculous. You know? Um, but if I search Tesla on my yeah. blog, it would have our conversation. You know? That's awesome. And it's... I, I feel like... I would like this... Whatever this is for every person, <laughs> they call they could, it IndieWeb. If you look yeah, up every, every person, they could opt into. Okay, I want to see a feed like your personal feed of whatever you you're choosing to share. But yeah. um, like whether Twitter goes down or you know wh- yes. whatever whatever it is, I can still go back to my feed or your feed and say, oh, okay, so here's this conversation that we had um, on this. On Odeo or whatever, you know, uh, some platform on on MySpace that doesn't exist anymore, (laughs) and and now we're, but we still have it because it's it's in our own silo. Yep, that's exactly the point of if you could do a you could do a Google search for IndieWeb, which I'm sure you've, it's crossed your path before, but, um, a lot of the a lot of the principles and methods and protocols and whatever other term you want to use there they're documented very well on the md web's website um like just as an example uh web mentions so when you'll see that i have a status update um and a blog post that mentions jeremy so if you do a search for jeremy keith on my blog and if i link to him and you go to that blog post you will see in his comments that i mentioned him in my blog so we are using our blog at the same way that Twitter is used, um, and that's pretty awesome. And so I have web mentions on. I already did that. Um, I have a lot of the indie web stuff turned on, but I have to go a little bit further now and to make it so that it kind of shares everywhere. So that's my next little thing. Um, so I have a challenge for you as, sure. we, as we wind down now um, to these last few minutes is you just started your blog. You know, You wrote a blog post, and you got it up there. I I would like to see, starting tomorrow, at least one post a day for the week until we talk again. That's, that's not, uh... not on average. <laughs> you know, um, so just so you know what I'm doing right now is every morning, automatically, 9 o'clock in the morning, a brand new photo is published to my blog. Um, every Friday at 10.30, automatically is the What I Saw This Week post series is published to my blog, which is um, just a a kind of a laundry list of links that I throw into that list every week. So Friday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern, it gets published whether I like it or not. Um, So at the very least, every week I have eight posts going out. Then I have my status updates, which are not as often as I tweet, but once I get this thing hooked up, it will be awesome just totally awesome um 
And I try to post one blog post per day. So right now, I'm between 15 and 25 posts a week on my blog, which is, and I'm not talking about epistles here. I'm not talking about like, you know, uh, infographics and charts and, you know, deeply researched topics. But if you look through the last, you know, just through the last few weeks, I haven't, I've just started this recently, this, you know, like perfect, like right now. So tomorrow morning I have one more scheduled post in WordPress, which is tomorrow's image. Um, and then tomorrow what I do is I choose, I have a, a, an album in my photos app called to publish. And every Sunday I drag seven images into that album. And every Sunday I take seven images out. So there's always a backlog of at least two weeks worth of posts, but, and then I put them all into WordPress so every Sunday for the whole week, I'm ready. So this week, I'm actually going to do all architectural. I've been doing a lot of like just what I've seen recently. Um, and this this last one that I did of the Wayne County Public Library just kind of gave me the idea of like I have thousands of buildings that I've taken pictures of. Um, so I'm going to publish seven buildings this week. All right. Fun. Well, uh, I am in for, for publishing something daily. Good. So, uh, it, it was that that's, that's always been my kind of, kind of my intention daily or more, but, uh, mm-hmm. that, uh, <laughs> that permalinks thing, I, <laughs> I, I like, you know, I time box myself to like, okay, I'm going to work on this for 30 minutes and if I can't so- solve it, I'll come back tomorrow. <laughs> you didn't even, I, I didn't even know about it. Cause like you didn't tell me, you know? No, I, cause I, did the thing that you're supposed to do is, you know, you go back and you switch the permalinks and then save it, yeah. and that's supposed to fix it. When then I thought, oh, it's fixed, and I didn't actually check it. And and so then, you know, the next day when I went and looked, and I was like, wait a second, this isn't working. Why is it working? And, you know, it turned out to be the mod rewrite, but, um, you know, that was, that was the the... 20th thing that somebody suggested, you know, after, you know, messing around in HT access and changing lines and different Apache stuff and just like, okay, so. Where are you hosted right now? I'm on DigitalOcean right now. Okay. Um, I'm thinking about moving all my stuff to DigitalOcean. You like them? I I like them. I I, I like that it's a little bit more focused compared to Amazon. Um, yeah, I, I so we could say that this week website. is sponsored by DigitalOcean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have a, a referral code or anything, but uh, they. I, I used to know somebody. Well, I know somebody that used to work there. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, they, they've they've uh, been good so far. Good deal. Okay, so we're probably going to do this again next week. Uh, I have no idea how long it's going to be or whether or not it's going to be the same kind of topics um, or whatever, but we're going to play it by ear, right, Danny? Absolutely. Just do whatever we, do whatever we feel like. Um, speaking of, like, cool things on blogs, this image, let me send it to you. Somebody told me what this flower is, so I'm going to have to tag it with that. But, like, somebody was like, somebody literally emailed me and was like, hey, um... I know what that flower is, in case you want to know. Like, that's the like that's the best part of having a blog, is the communication. Um, maybe next week, uh, I, I want to maybe write down some topics, but do you still, like, subscribe to blogs or no? 
Um, no, basically no. Once once Google Reader died, yeah. Um, I use I, Feedly now. I, I tried a bunch of different services, and basically I wanted Google Reader, um, yeah. but it, kind of at the same time, I I I was basically kind of done blogging. I got, kind of got burned yeah. out of it, and so I was like, well, I don't want to see. I was just like, I had like a feed of. 20,000, 30,000 unread items. And I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm done, <laughs> done subscribing. But, yeah, um, yeah. you know, and I m- mostly moved most of my like content, um, consumption to, to Twitter. Yeah. Um, and now I'm kind of like moving back. Like I, I read a bunch of, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll see this week when I post stuff. Um, cause there's, there's going to be, you'll, you'll see, you'll see. Um, <laughs> One of one of your requests is getting fulfilled. There will be a whole bunch of links, uh, at, le- at least one link post. So, awesome. I uh, the reason why I asked was because I think one of the topics may end up being about the fact that, like, I think comments are about to make a comeback, and that's and I see you smiling already. So I think that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it could be an awesome topic, right? Yeah, I I have so many things to, to say about comments, but it'll be next week. Good deal. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Talk to you soon. All right. See you.